Hi, I'm Jack Draper, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molle, your host. I'm back after a two-week break, the longest break I've taken since we kicked off the podcast in August 2019. It was needed, but I'm super pumped to be back. This week, I speak to UK teenager Jack Draper. Jack is a former top 10 ITF junior, junior Wimbledon finalist, has beaten Sinner and Bublik this year at Queen's and gave Novak a scare in round one of Wimbledon, taking a set off him. We hear all about those experiences, as well as what he has learned surrounded by the world's best players. Before we get started, a shout out to our podcast sponsors, Slinger. If you haven't seen the Slinger Bag yet, the super portable ball machine, head over to slingerbag.com or check out their Instagram account. Okay, here's Jack. Jack, welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, Enjoying a great Irish summer's day. Very rare. But tell me, you're in Italy right now. What's the weather like there? Oh, it's um, very hot, very humid, unlike England during this time of year. It seems to be, the weather seems to be quite bad over there right now, but here it's definitely hot. You're at the right place. Yeah. What we're going to do is, obviously, we, we, were due to have, we were due to record an episode a few months ago before the whole Wimbledon thing started when you did a great run with Jockford. You gave him quite a scare. You had him on his ass a few times. Uh, but <laughs> uh, let's, we'll talk about that in a while. Let's, let's take it back. Uh, where did tennis start for you? Tennis for me started where my mom was a, a good player herself on her side of the family. They all played tennis. So my mom was a very good player when she was younger. And basically it all started for me at a local practice wall down my local club in the UK uh, in Sutton where I was born because she couldn't leave me alone in the house when I was so little. So she brought me to the tennis club and while she was coaching, I would just pick up a racket and, and it went, it's went. it gone from there really. Wow. And so you're from Surrey in the UK, Sutton in the UK, is it? Yeah, I was I was born in Sutton, yeah. Is that near the National Training Centre? Where would be the closest centre to you? Ooh. Um, so currently I live in, uh, Leatherhead in the UK, but I would say, I'd say Roehampton, yeah, from Leatherhead is about a 40 minute drive. And then I also train in North London with my coach, Ryan Jones, uh, and Simon and the rest of the guys. And that's about an hour and a half drive. So I'm, I'm mixed between the two. Okay. And so how your junior career, how did that evolve? Were you just playing loads? Were you managing school at the same time? Yeah, I mean, I was, I would say I was, I had a balance until I was about 15, 16. You know, I went to school, I played lots of other sports. You know, tennis was always probably the main one, but, you know, I still played football, I played cricket, I played other sports. And I just, as I got older, I think I started playing more ITF juniors, uh, played lots of tennis shirts when I was younger. I think I, I was in the top five for tennis Europe under 14. And then, yeah, as as the age group's gone up, I've I've always done pretty well in the ITF juniors. Um, I think my career high was maybe seven. I think a lot of that was based off my Wimbledon run, actually, because uh, in a lot of the other Grand Slams, I tended not to do too well. But um, but yeah, I had I had a great junior career, and I played loads of matches and had a lot of fun. So, and was the goal always to go pro? Yeah, my coach uh, Ryan, um, he was. 
who's very keen on me, you know, developing early and going into the men's game. I think, I don't know, juniors is very good, but I think it's not realistic in, in the real world of men's tennis. You know, things change a lot when you go into the futures um, and you've got to start from the bottom, really. Um, and that was his mindset. And I definitely bought into that and, and started playing futures probably a bit earlier than most people. How old were you when you started playing futures? After Junior Wimbledon, that's when I um, stopped. You know, there's two tournaments. There's Roehampton and there's Wimbledon. And, and before before Roehampton, I'd sat down with my coach and uh, we'd both said um, that Wimbledon would be, be my last tournament, whatever happens. So I would say maybe when I was when I was 16 is when I started going fully into the futures. And it was a good way to end it in Wimbledon, the final of Wimbledon. Tell me, just did you feel at home on the grass? Yeah, definitely. Although um, I played in previous years, I played the juniors the year before. And, you know, whenever it got to the Grand Slams in the junior events, uh, I always tended to sort of get a bit nervous and, and tighten up. But this time, because I think I knew it was my last tournament and I, I had nothing to lose really because I wasn't highly ranked or anything. So, you know, I, I had the level to to do that. It was just about showing it, I guess. And and it was a great time to do it. And it gave me a lot of confidence to go on to the rest of the year and start off my pro career and stuff like that. So, How did the mindset change then from a junior training to senior training, getting you ready for, you know, from going from the grand, the fancy G1 tournaments, the fancy Grand Slams back to the futures levels? Yeah, um, I, I would say I, I didn't do any proper training um, in terms of professional stuff until I was maybe 15, 16. I didn't, um, I was still going to school when I was younger. I was still doing other things. But then as soon as um, tennis became a real priority for me, that's when I started training full time. And it was it was definitely a bit of a, a roadblock because my body wasn't used to doing that. My mind wasn't used to, you know, all this exposure to, amazing tennis but also a lot of hard work so it, it was a difficult period for sure in terms of that but I think I was lucky when I started that I was on a good run of form and that I was able to hit the ground running in the in the futures and have a few good results straight away. Nice and which futures did you play in by? So my first point was in Belgium um, and then and then I went on the second week to qualify and make the semis of a tournament in Slovakia and then we were lucky at the time because I had a, a couple of 15Ks in the UK that I did I did well in. So I think I think by the end of that year, I was already maybe 400. So I, I, I got through it quite quickly. Um, but then obviously all this stuff with the ITF uh, tour ranking system that they changed. And then it was all a bit of a up in the air for a couple of years after that. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of people moaning about it. But your first point, how much did it mean to you? I know you probably thought you were going to get many more, but do you remember the moment, that match, any pressure? Yeah, I remember. Um, it was it was in um, Belgium. I played the number two seed, which was a really tough draw at the time. And, and I was but I was playing really good tennis. So I think I won in three sets and it was, uh, it was a great moment. And it, it was funny actually because I, I got my first point and I was looking to kicking on to the back end of the tournament. But then I came up against this guy second round who who didn't miss a ball. So it was it was a bit of a and he didn't have a ranking, I don't think either. So it just it was a good reminder of sort of men's tennis and what I'd be faced with and how hard I would have to work to sort of get past those guys. 
Nice. And if you could put it in very short, what to use the difference between junior tennis and senior tennis, apart from the training, the hard work, but the mentality of these players, tell us what's the difference between, you know, playing a 30-year-old fighting for his family versus a 16-year-old on his summer holidays at an ITF event? Physical uh, is a big part of it, but mainly I just say the difference between every level is just men- mentally, you know, how, how you cope with things, how you deal with adversity, how you deal with pressure. You know, I, th- I think the the mental side of the game is so so key. Like uh, when I'm going up the levels, um, you know, even now I'm I think I'm ranked 260, and I've still got such a long way to go. Um, but definitely coming from the juniors, that was a big shock for me in terms of coming into the men's. Yeah, no, look, I think you've done really well. You've managed to get through the futures really quickly, uh, which is important because people get stuck there for years. And so well done there. And you've moved through challenges and got some great results, which you talk about. But uh, what sort of team do you have? Do you work with a psychologist now that things are moving on? So currently, um, my main coach is Ryan Jones, uh, who I've been with for four years now. On the other side of things, yeah, the, the LTA helped me in terms of um, you know support, I'm on a program called the PSP, which they they um, do for the players, which is is great. And yeah, they as part of that deal have access to a, a psychologist. But to be honest, in my opinion, I think a lot of tennis is working things out yourself and 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 figuring out stuff and learning from your mistakes yourself. And and so I don't think that's a massive part of it for me, but for other people it's obviously uh, really beneficial and sometimes I do speak to the person if I want to offload about anything or anything like that. So. Nice, nice. And so let's push on to this year. You've had a great year this year, a bit of ups and downs, but I think mainly ups. Throw back to Miami. You were playing uh, Kukushkin. I could never pronounce his name. Maybe you'll say it the right way. Kukushkin. Kukushkin. There we go. So yeah, you're playing great there and you collapsed, which I've, I've saw the video at the time. It's yeah. quite scary. But w- w- first of all, what were the temperatures like out there? Did, how were you feeling before you were on court? Um, I mean, to be honest, I, uh, I went into this year probably a bit underprepared. I had a bit of bad luck at the start of the year. Um, I, after I put in a good preseason, I got COVID uh, on January the 15th. And then after I'd recovered from that, I didn't take any time to uh, do a training block or anything. I went straight into tournaments. And I think I think that was a bit of a mistake from my point of view, because for those few months, I was very tired on the tennis court and just very sluggish. And I felt it did have a big effect on me at the time. And so when I came into Miami, although it was a great opportunity for me to play at that level and practice with all those amazing guys and play against someone like Kukushkin, I probably wasn't ready physically. Uh, to be able to cope with the demands of that sort of level in those sort of conditions. I think probably it was 30 degrees, but very, very high humidity. Um, I think a lot of players were struggling there, to be honest, not not just myself. Like I, I watched uh, quite a lot of the top players and they seemed to be struggling a little bit as well. So I wasn't alone, but definitely I I wasn't probably ready for, for that at, at that given time. And when you fell over, did you feel it coming or it just happened before you know it? Or? It was about a four all and I started feeling very dizzy. And then I, I think I ended up playing a few more games to the point where I sort of just, I think I my eyes just closed in the point and I just, I think I just remember falling over and then, and then getting up and just sort of being like, what the heck, what's going on? 
you know, uh, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a shock to be honest, but uh, it showed me that I needed to, you know, get in really good physical shape and, and move on. And so that sort of experience is probably a good thing for me. Good kick up the earth, really. It was. So were you drinking just water or did you have any special salts you were drinking at the time or has that, has that changed since? No, I mean, I was, I was doing all the right things. I think maybe I was a little bit dehydrated um, due to the conditions. I think uh, the players were losing a lot of uh, fluids on tennis court because they were sweating so much. I thought at the time I did all the right things. I just think that I probably wasn't ready physically and, and that was a big factor about it. Yeah, well, it just shows you the importance of being fit and the extra strength and whatever else you need at that higher level. Come on a few months, you get to Queens, you obviously got things back together, working your fitness and you have two two great matches with uh, Sinner and Bublik. Tell me, what did it feel like? Obviously, they're good guys to get in round one. You're comfortable on the grass. How, how did you feel out there taking down these guys? Yeah, it was it was a, a great moment for me because I think when when I think of myself being a top player, I obviously believe I can I can do that. But it's one thing thinking it and saying it, but it's another thing actually being a top player. And look, it's on a grass court. It's probably a bit unrealistic, um, and it would be a much better win if I won against them on clay or hard. But it, it was a, a great moment because I put in a lot of hard work to sort of get to that point. And obviously, tennis is a, has a lot of up and ups and downs. So to beat someone like Sinner, Bublik, and to be on court with Nori, who's having a great year, was was really special uh, for me, and especially in that sort of tournament. You know, I watched Queens when I was growing up, um, and also I've been been watching the likes of Sinner in that for the last few years, admiring what he's he's doing in the tennis world. I think he's ranked number fifteen now, and <laughs> I remember him from junior days. So um, it was definitely a, a really good moment for me, and and it was a, a big confidence booster for me. Big confidence booster. At Functional Tennis, we are all about helping your tennis game get 1% better every day. That's why our match and practice journals are a great tool to have in your gear bag. The Functional Tennis match and practice journals help you plan and evaluate your matches and practice sessions. It includes goal setting, quotes, pressure tests and more. It's used by players of all ages and levels and it's a great way to get away from your phone and focus in on your game. To learn more, visit functionaltennis.com. And what are you learning from these guys on the practice court now you're at these tournaments practicing with them is there anything that stands out with these top 20 guys yeah i think it's just their engagements for everything they do on and off the court um i think the just their general quality is very high in everything they do and they they do everything to the best of their ability i think i think at that top level there's no um shortcuts you know everything has to be done very well and, and I guess that's the same for all levels but it's it's highlighted at the top level for sure and, and watching those guys was uh, really good for me because you know the more I'm exposed to that the more I can learn from from other people and, and what they do and what they do well and all this sort of stuff so it was definitely uh, a good thing to see. Nice and you mentioned Murray online a bit how he's helped you he's been an influence on your career do you remember the first time you saw Andy play or the first time you met him actually? Yes um, I remember watching I'd never met him before he won Wimbledon in 2013 I remember I was at that match and he was he was definitely very inspiring you know for someone like that to to win Wimbledon and come through all the adversity he did to get to that point was was definitely 
um, really inspirational to me. And in the last few years, I've I've got to know him, and he's he's a really really good guy. You know, you, you sort of wouldn't have thought he'd won all these things. He's very very down to earth, um, very knowledgeable about tennis, obviously, and and he he gives me a lot of advice. And um, I think it's been a tough few years for him, but I think you know he's definitely so hungry to to want to get back on tour and be be out there more often. And I think for any young player, you know, seeing what he's had to deal with and the mental strength he's shown um, in in adversity is something that definitely can learn from um, because, you know, everyone loves Andy. He's, he's very funny and he's just, he's a great player. You know, that's, that's, his, that's the main thing. He's, he's a great player and it's just, we just want him on court as much as possible. And can you share, I'm not sure if you can share, but what he said to you that has resonated with you the most? I think just... He's, he's obviously very um, tactically aware. Um, I think it's just when it comes to just physically, he's just, he said to me in the past that it's such a massive part of the game. I think maybe when he was younger, he maybe wasn't as physically strong. And then there was a few years where he really um, got strong and started to do incredibly well on the tour. Um, you know, when I think of Andy now, I think of someone who's, um, obviously very mentally strong, but extremely physically strong, um, you know, albeit the injuries he's had, but um, definitely shown that in the years that he was number one and stuff. So I think I think that's the main thing. I think he just said, focus on your physicality, especially at a younger age, because it's it's really key to, to your development, basically. Yeah, we had Casper Ruud on the show a few episodes ago and a bit younger than you at the time, I think, when this happened. But his dad had said to him, look, you need to take a year off the game. Well, a year from the tour as junior career. So he spent a year, we didn't play any matches on the junior tour to get strong because they knew it's really important. So it's it's a really good point Andy made to you there. And so let's push this on to the Wimbledon draw for this year where... Number one seed, Djokovic comes out and he gets, you're a wild card. I remember sort of coming off Queens and thinking, you know, I've had a good, good few wins and I was very confident. Um, and we were in, we were at Wimbledon, we were in Orangi Park, which is the training venue. And everyone was looking at a screen um, and, and I sort of turned around, I think I had my headphones on at the time. And as I looked around, I just, I just see my name appear next to Djokovic. And it was quite funny. I looked at my coach and we were both sort of looking at each other for a sec. But, you know, what a what an experience that was for me. And and to be honest, I'd been struggling with an injury a little bit. So maybe maybe at this point in my career it was it was good to play Djokovic when I'm nineteen on a on a big court like that and get that exposure. Um of course, you know, I wanted to go and go and win and stuff, but um I think I think it was it was a great moment for me and, and definitely something I'll take on um, in my career for sure. And what was the feeling walking out into the court, just you know, centre court? You're playing Djokovic, hearing your name. It was a great moment. Um, you know, I've I've obviously watched Djokovic from a very very young age and, and admired what he's done. So uh, to be going on court with against him at Wimbledon and on that big court was. Um, was very was a very good moment for me. You know, my family were there. You know, I think I think in tennis sometimes you're just on this roller coaster, um, but sometimes you you do get really rewarded for all your hard work. So um, that was a, a special moment for me. 
What was the game plan? Um, I guess it's tough against someone like that. I think I think the 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 main thing for me was the fact that you know obviously the draw came out three days before the tournament, so you had sort of three days to sort of um, think about the fact that you're playing Djokovic. But I, I tend I tended not to really think about it too much, and and when I went on court, the game plan was just to to play my game as best as I possibly could. Um, I think it was very difficult because the court was obviously extremely slippy, especially at the start. Um, so it was tough to play. I think for him as well, it was tough to play good tennis either side of the net. Um, and I managed to edge the first set, but then I think I think he showed his quality and. Um, and maybe my level dropped a bit. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is what it is. But like I said, great, great experience for me. Just turning back, you take the first set. What you, you didn't show, you showed a bit of emotion, not too much. I thought you were well controlled there. Uh, what was the feeling inside? Was the heart racing, or you're like, how do I keep this going? Yeah, I mean, I knew I'd saved a lot of great points against him. Um, so I think a couple of games I was love 40 on my serve. So I knew that he, he had me a few times on the ropes and I sort of got maybe a bit lucky when he slipped a couple of times or whatever like that. So I tried to keep a cool head and not get too excited that I'd, you know, won the set or whatever. Cause you know, <laughs> I know that I've got, um, you know, two more sets to win. And, and also I'd watched him, I've watched him in so many other grand slams and, he might lose the first set or the first two sets and you still think, you know, he's probably going to claw it back. Um, I think, you know, against the young guy, Massetti, uh, French Open, he was two sets to love down and, and goes on to win the match quite comfortably after that. So I definitely thought I need to keep my head down and, and keep trying to do what I can do. Uh, but yeah, he was just too good in the end, to be honest. And yeah, it was amazing. Well, congrats on putting a dent on the match anyway. You know, you, at least you showed up many times. You know, the occasion could be too much for some players. You were definitely there to play. So well done there. And while we're speaking of Djokovic, who is your GOAT? To be honest, I think, I don't know. For me, obviously, I love Andy because he's from the UK and he was always someone that I was excited to watch when I was growing up because that British interest. Um, but I probably think either Andy or Rafa, you know, watching Rafa when I was younger was amazing. I always used to buy the kits he was wearing and stuff like that. So I think him being a lefty also helps that. Um, but yeah, both, both incredible players and, and all those guys are, you know, Federer. I guess I don't, I love watching good tennis. I don't necessarily have one favorite. Yeah. Nice. And has anything changed since that match from a media perspective? I guess I got a lot of exposure during those two weeks, but I suppose after those two weeks have ended, it's back to back to the grind, back to challenges, and back to trying to get my ranking up there for next year. And obviously, the media part of it dies down a little bit because at the time, obviously, I was getting quite a lot of exposure. Um, but in my own mind, no, you know, at the end of the day, I lost first round, so <laughs> I've got a I've got a lot of work to do and. Um, you know, I, I I tend not to really think about any of that too much, to be honest. Uh, you're you're definitely right there. It's a good attitude. And just a couple more questions. Pedro from Dunlop hounded me to ask you, what's Dunlop be using? I'm using the FX300, um, the blue racket. Um, you know, it, it's a funny story, actually, because I actually used Bablat until I was uh, 15. And then in 
2018, I, I met Pedro and the guys from Dunlop and not many people were using the racket at the time. So I started using it and I, I was thinking, wow, this is an incredible racket. Um, and I couldn't understand why many people didn't use it. But as I, as I started playing with it, I think they've really picked up the last few years and sort of getting more players using the racket and, and they should because the equipment and the racket is, is, is really, really good. So, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky to be part of the, the Dunlop team and, and yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, in the team for many years to come. No, and did you convince Simon Carr to switch to Dunlop? I think uh, we were in practice one day and he picked up my racket and started using it and was like, wow, this is actually a very, very good racket. So he, I think he changed as well to to the racket and, and he's doing pretty well with it as well. So nice. um, any, anyone else should do as well. Nice. And final question. This is going out to Tuesday, week one, US Open. Who's going to take the men's and the women's title in your eyes? I've said a few times, I think Zverev's going to win the US Open this year. If he, you know, I know it's a tough ask him getting past Djokovic, but I think I think Zverev this year will win it. I think the confidence from from Olympics and Cincinnati that he has is is really big. I think it just gives him that um, extra boost. Um, and on the women's side, I think Barty probably win it. You know, watching her at Wimbledon, she's she's obviously a very good player to watch. Um, you know, lots of skills, lots of lots of talent, but also really good head and on shoulders as well. So. I think my winners will probably be Zverev and Barty. We'll, we'll check back in with you after. But uh, Jack, thank you very much for your time. Good luck in your next challenger over in Como. And yeah, thanks for your time and best of luck. Enjoy. I'm going to look forward to seeing you move up those rankings even quicker. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jack. He seems so level-headed and I look forward to some great success over the coming months and years. I'll be back next week and until then, enjoy the US Open. Bye.